you're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, so this is our hashtag one team episode. Sangram and someone from the Terminus team discuss what they're learning at the moment and how it applies to you. Here we go. Welcome to the Flip My Funnel podcast. How you guys doing? <laughs> All right, so this is the one team episode, which means we try to bring in some somebody from Terminus over here, just talking about how we're building a company. Uh, a lot of it is pretty raw, <laughs> uncut. We have no idea what we're going to talk about sometimes. Uh, but this time, I feel like both both of you guys, Mike, Mike and Robert, uh, that that I have here with me, they both both of you guys have been in AE positions, right? Yeah. And and you have you understand what it takes to have a quota on your back. A number on your pack, crush it. But you guys have gone through some transformational changes uh, as part of your time here so far, but also from all the experiences that you had in the past. So today's topic is all about trusting the process. And and I think this is going to apply regardless if you're in marketing, sales, sales leadership. We talked about who else could actually benefit from it. But if you're in a high growth company, if you're in a company that is growing, if you are in a team that is growing as well uh, from like five, six people, like how many people do we have on the A side? Uh, Closing in on 20, I think. Yep. Yep. Closing in 20. So like, you know, and you guys were like, what, number four, number five, number six kind of folks, right? So you guys have seen where it was pretty raw and now it's like, wait a minute, this is like a real company. Yeah, I actually saw business cards kind of floating around earlier today. I'm like, what? We have business cards? That is a really crazy thing to have. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so again, for, uh, without further ado, Mike, Robert, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, Glad to be here. Yeah, likewise. All right, so let's just jump into it. What is it? Why? Why? And Mike, you reached out and kind of said, like, yeah, we want to talk about this topic, right? Why trusting in the process matters to you. So, I mean, moving to an account-based model from a lead-based model, you know, the, the idea of the flipping the funnel is yeah. from from uh, casting a wide net to choosing those accounts that are best fit and working those through the process. So by nature of this, there is going to be less for you as a yeah. rep uh, when, when you switch to this process. I think for us, you know, we we saw our amount of demos that we were seeing coming through cut in half. Uh, <laughs> that is like quick. cutting, you know, pretty much your <laughs> yeah. like quota. But the quota didn't get cut the in half. The quota did not get cut in half. <laughs> surprise, surprise. So, um, you know, and, and it, it's, it's a nerve-wracking process, um, okay. especially in the beginning. Um, when you're trying to figure out how I'm still going to hit this quota with, with half the at-bats that I have before. Yeah. So, you know, I think it, it's kind of a, a thing where you have to have a commitment from the top down, um, from from leadership, uh, you know, in the executive team to understand they need to devote a little more time to being on these calls. If we're going to have higher quality calls since there's less of them. Uh, from the reps, understanding they need to dive more into their preparation, prospecting, and really working through these accounts. Yeah. And from marketing, making sure they're choosing the right accounts and supporting the sales team in the right way. And then on the success side, feeding back, you know, of, of how is this working? Are we really delivering better fit customers, you know, that, that are better fit to, to use our product? Yeah. yeah. So let's go back into what are each of your roles right now? What does it look like? Account executive. Yeah. I'm now a sales manager, but was a, was an account executive until about three months ago. <laughs> so you, the experience is in the sales role. Yeah. In the sales role, right? And you have, and in like, you know, Robert, you have an interesting background in AE. Like, what were you doing before this? So spent really the past five years in SaaS, um, kind of all over the board from 
IT sales to education technology, and then yeah. I came fresh into MarTech. So yeah. I had limited to no experience of uh, of marketing prior to Terminus. And, and let's be honest, it was really a little bit rocky in the, in the early days. It was, like, it was different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember you were like, man, like this is this is different, yeah. right? And you didn't say hard, you said different, and you were like putting in. We both have families and kids, and yeah. we kind of bonded on the fact that man, it you know you gotta gotta provide and you gotta deliver. Absolutely, yeah. yeah there's um, coming into marketing was different for me. I think one of the biggest challenges was it's a little bit more of an emotional buy than mm-hmm. probably what I was familiar with in the past. So I was coming in like stringent process, dry, and I'm like, why are they not buying? Like, what's going on? <laughs> um, so it, it took a little time to kind of loosen up and be like, all right, this is just a different demographic. We're yeah. you know selling to. A different audience here. Yeah, marketers are emotional, very emotional. In a good way. <laughs> In a good way. And Mike, what what was your background like? Uh, I was at Career Builder for five and a half years before this, so selling to kind of a similar buyer in HR, but yeah. with a lot less competition. Yeah. Um, but also, I was traveling a lot, so most of the selling I was doing was happening face to face, and moving from that to a model where we're doing a lot of screen share and, and over the phone type stuff, which presents a great advantage in that yeah. you're wasting a lot less time in cabs and sitting in terminals and not being able to work on a plane because the Wi-Fi is terrible <laughs> and all that type of stuff. But you're making less of a personal connection with people, yeah. and uh, that was a little difficult to navigate in the beginning. All right. So to set the stage, we're talking about your quota doesn't go down. It actually goes up. Yeah. number of accounts you actually get, they go down yeah. dramatically, cut in half, if not more. Yeah. And... Uh, you guys are still smiling and saying that this works. Like, you know, what, what, what's the back history? What's the, what's the story here? Well, you know, when we first, I think it first is how are you selecting these accounts? So, you know, our first spin at ABM, we literally asked all our SDRs, what are the 25 accounts in, in your set that you're calling on that you think would be best fit to, to you know, use Terminus? And they chose them. And yeah. that was our first list that we So SDR came up to. with the list. Yeah. It wasn't marketing. It wasn't you. It's like no. SDR team yeah, came up with the so, list. And even with that, you know, yeah. we ran that over the first uh, quarter that we were working with it, and we converted 10% of those opportunities that were Not targeted. Bad. Some of the SDRs had up to a 40% conversion rate. Yeah. They so, are good. Yeah. <laughs> we had some of those crazy folks that, that, yeah. are, that are hammering the phones all the time. So it's, it's about learning from what they do the best, yeah. refining that process to help everybody adopt some of those methods, and then refining how we're selecting those accounts a little bit. And I think that's a good point because ABM is a long-term you know, initiative for many organizations. It, our first foray into it was a simple step, right? Yeah. It was a step in the right direction to say, hey, we need to be more mindful of our, the accounts that are within our addressable market. We're going to scrutinize qualification criteria a little bit more. What better way to get the feet on the street, people that are actually calling to these accounts, um, get some of their perspective, and then start to institute a program um, as a first pass. Yeah. And that was like 1.0. Yeah. Yeah, 1.0. 1.0 right. went pretty well. Um, but the second round, we got a little bit more strategic about how we were selecting our accounts, brought in some some AI, a predictive uh, tool to, to help us with that, and refine that process a little bit, have people other than the SDRs choosing them. Yeah. And not that theirs were bad. There were still some of those accounts hung around. but <laughs> Some of those accounts are, around, are yeah. not around. Yeah, that sounds bad. <laughs> but we, uh, we also reduced the overall number of accounts that they were calling on. We've done some research with our customer success team 
team and saw when you are serving ads to a company when it's sharing the voice with 300 other companies mm-hmm. versus when you're serving it when they're sharing it with 50 other companies. Yeah. Just the amount that they react to those ads. They're getting more budget. They're getting more impressions. That's and they respond a lot more. Yeah. Um, so narrowing the focus of what the SDRs were working on helped us um, have even better results the second time around. Yeah. yeah. And and what what were uh, what and, and keep going like I think I want to hear like the third version of it because now we're in like what third yeah like version three so that, uh, yeah, the, yeah the second yeah. time around we we increased our demo to interest conversion rate so basically of the ones that make it to the demo phase mm-hmm. we were trying to get more to interest as opposed to deal dead and we yeah. increased that eighty four percent by Oof. narrowing that focus and bringing in some predictive stuff to help us choose the and I think effect. that's really where as a rep you start saying okay I, there's some anxiety. Going yeah. from a lead base to an account base um, really comes when reality falls short of expectation. So you do kind of a first foray, and you're like, okay, I think it's working. But yeah. when we saw a significant increase in the people that were willing to take a second call, yeah, that was like, okay, yeah. all right, this is working. This yeah. is a good opportunity. I'm excited to be working this. And I think that was a combination of the SDRs having less to work on, the accounts being better selected, but also just the culture of coaching that we have here yeah. at Terminus. And yeah. I think, I mean, that's always been a great thing, but it's yeah. been a necessary thing. With yeah. Us. yeah. And we've got a really collaborative group and, and we do a lot of offsites and things where we're getting together. And we started doing these peer coaching groups mm-hmm. in addition to our manager coaching coaching huh. groups. So having the pairing the reps up either in twos or threes and having them review, review each other's calls and, I mean, the fact is, when you've got less at bats, you just yeah. got to really put the preparation in all the time to make the most out of that. It kind of naturally allows you to put ego aside because yeah. you see Mike doing something good. I know we've talked a lot about deals where he's positioning the product in a way, and I'm like, I want that. Like, yeah. I want to be able to articulate it that way and vice versa. So when you kind of let that down and say, all right, for the betterment of the organization, for the betterment of our quotas, for the betterment of kind of everything from, from top to bottom – like let's get better. Let's be better reps. Let's yeah. you know be able to service our clients. Better. And I, I honestly, I have been blown away with the level of one team thing that happens on like across the company, but in the sales team, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like I have never seen the sales team like being just bent upon, like, hey man, this is not working out. Like the team is you know, or somebody's trying to pull over somebody else's accounts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just feel like you guys have a ton of respect for the profession and for each other. Why is that? Like, why? Because it's not standard. It's This is not standard because I've, I've seen a ton of sales organization where it is like, man, I got a number on my back. I got a family to feed. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to go in and do the best I can and to, to get ahead. And, and whereas what I see here more often than not, and we have so many other people like Jim and Brad and everybody else on, on the podcast before. And every time it's a constant theme of like, well, I'm going to share more. I'm going to do as I'm learning. I'm going to share with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Why is that? <laughs> Goes around, comes around. I mean, I, I think from my perspective, um, it's bar none the best sales team I've ever worked for. Like just peer to peer, not talking even about leadership. Um, yeah. It's just, and when you see that, when you see people closing deals and like the relentless pursuit and being able to put up and being open to share, like you want to reciprocate. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think when you look around and you do, you know, you look at all the reps, you're like, man, every single one of these reps could be successful anywhere. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm just trying to trying to keep up. Yeah. You know, you're trying to be in the middle of the pack or in the middle of the pack, the bar's so high that <laughs> um, you know, it's it's easy to open and like share when, when other people are sharing with you as well. 
Yeah, I think we do some of that in the interview process. Like there's some things that we do through the interview process to test the coachability of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we really look for people who are who want to be coached, who want to kind of enter a sales boot camp and, yeah. and share those experiences and, and jump in there. And then, you know, beyond that, I think a lot of it's been this process. Like yeah. going through this switch to ABM has required us to really band together, share our experiences yep. and understand how everybody else is being successful. And it's I mean, we're a competitive team to some degree, like, but uh, but it's really more of an us against the world thing, yeah, than it is us against us. Yeah, that's know? crazy. Now, you you also mentioned right as we started off the podcast, even before we hit record, um, you like one of the things that you guys talked about was just commitment in the business and and really safety in numbers, mm-hmm. right? And now that you don't have safety in numbers, the numbers are the conversion rate is where the safety is. Like, yeah, we yeah. need to get a higher conversion from opportunity to closed one. We need to have a deal velocity at a much higher rate. We need the size of the deal to be much higher. Mm-hmm. All those things are good. But how much of that is really in your control versus not in your control? Or do you feel like going to ABM creates a bigger control for an account executive on these deals? Because uh, I tell you, the reason I'm asking this question is because I was in, in, in Toronto last week uh, at the Sales 2 event. So it was all the salespeople, right? So and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm a marketer talking to a whole bunch of salespeople. And I literally put out a slide that says, how would you sell to me? What works for me? And I talked through it. And then a few of the salespeople came and said, man, that's great. That was very helpful. But we, you know, And they said, we just reach out to the CMOs with the same exact thing and they just get a you know 2% return on their calls or emails. And they're happy with it. And they just continue to do that. And they're like, well, what the personalized personalization that I was talking about, they're like, that's just too much work. And and you just the chances of somebody converting is is low in their mind, and I, I almost wonder like, have you really tried it, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. So, what would you say to someone who is in on, in sales today, who's listening to this podcast, who's trying to be a better salesperson? Forget ABM or not, but just better salesperson, right? Would you say that truly say that? Hey, look, you gotta give ABM a chance, or what would be your advice to them? Yeah, no doubt. I, I think for me, it is giving me more control over my own destiny. Uh, there is some anxiety in that, um, that there is safety in numbers. When you're yeah. running a lead-based approach, like you have a bad call, things go sideways or it's a bad fit, on to the next, right? right. The next at bat, you're good yeah. and you're back in that. But kind of coming back to the central theme of trust in the process, like you've you've put higher qualification criteria in place. Like you're looking at these accounts, you're iterating on what's working, what's not, you know, and if you do tip your cap and say like, I'm going to take that, it matches everything that um, we're looking for in a high quality account. Like you've got a real shot at actually being able yeah. to develop that into a legitimate opportunity and, and close one. Yeah. Um, even within that, because on the, on the high side, we're capped on the amount of cap accounts that we can work. Um, you know, you're going to put more thoughtfulness into that. And it does, you know, the thing as you talk to leadership, probably Mike and his position around pipeline management. Yeah. I mean, we're working 75 accounts. So there's clarity in what it, where the opportunities are at in the sales stage, what's preventing them from moving forward, whether it's mm-hmm. budgetary constraints or timelines. And then the investments that we made in a lot of the technologies provide some peace of mind to know when they're coming back, yeah. they're engaging. Right, and how you can best leverage that information to spark meaningful conversation. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think as a salesperson, I think everybody on our team has had their game stepped up through this process. Yeah, they had to, right? There was no choice. There's yeah, no choice. and and you know, I think we all want to improve our skills. We yeah. all want to, you know, be able to to get that enterprise job someday. We all want to move up to where we can really handle whatever kind of complex deal you can throw at us. Yeah, and so you know. 
diving into this and, and investing in your preparation, investing in things like having a, a really planned out prep for every call. We've started doing this thing where we're building out kind of objectives, challenges, and what do we still need to know, and really yeah. using that as a working document with each of our pros- our prospects. And at a point, you know, you kind of start using that we language. Yeah. Where, where, how are we going to get this done? Right. You know, when you're, you're just trying to bring them over to your side of the table. Right. And, you know, our, our customer success team has come to us since about halfway through this process and told us that our customers are now telling us that our process is the number one reason why they buy Terminus. That is so crazy, right? I yeah. mean, that you gotta, that got to make you guys, like, really proud of yeah. the yeah. team and, and the process. Absolutely. And it's justified us back to if we've ever got reps that are struggling, yeah. we start to look at ways they're not buying into the process. Yeah. And we can identify those. And normally when we get those things tightened up, we start to see the numbers pick up as well. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the, the last part. Like you're, you're getting into, like, the version 3.0, right, yeah. where we are. So what does that look like and what are the results from it? Yeah, so um, kind of that last, uh, the, the last thing changed was really when Peter Herbert, our, yeah. our, our new CMO, came in. Yep. And he is, evangelizes this idea of fit plus intent plus engagement, which I'm sure you guys have talked yeah. about on the podcast before. <laughs> um, and so with that added in, now using some intense stuff, because we've got kind of our top tier one accounts that we're running super personalized ads and content streams to. We've got the rest of our, our high process or our, our high priority accounts that we've got uh, kind of special things going to. And then we're running sprints based on mm. intent data mm-hmm. for the rest of those. So, so who, who, what are the tools of technology? Let's just be open and transparent. Yeah, so like, what are the tools? Everstring on the, the uh, predictive stuff, Bambora yeah. on the intent stuff. Gotcha. Uh, and then the engagement is all through our Terminus uh, right. account-based visitor ID. So um, now that we've started using cues from the market along with all this, yeah. uh, we've increased our full funnel conversion from first demo completed to close one 125%. Jeez, can you say that again? Like 125 percent. 125 percent. That's right. So, and this is what a quarter's worth of data, a month's or about six months worth. Six months worth of data. Okay, so there is actual data to back this up. It's not like you know, just happened last week. So yay! (laughs) No, no, it's actually a six-month process. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is about 18 months that we're talking about this entire transition uh, that we've kind of gone through here. So. Um, so let the, you know, stick to that one for a second because I think that's the other kind of myth. Or like, if, I don't know if it's a myth or not right now. So you guys tell us if that it is. Yep. A lot of people think like, all right, we can. It sounds good. Sounds almost too good to be true. I can go to the right people in the right mm-hmm. accounts that I want to yeah. sell. Of course, the deal size will be higher. I'll be able to close more because I can focus on them. Sounds just right thing to do, mm-hmm. right? You know, anybody would argue. Yeah, you know, even if you're not in sales, you would say that's just the right thing to do. Right sure, thing to say sure. at least. But it takes time, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to learn, if anything, to be patient yeah. in the process, it feels like. And as a salesperson, I would assume when you have a quota and a number on your back, it's probably very hard. <laughs> yeah. how, how do you do it? I would say the executives need to be patient. The reps need to be vigilant. <laughs> Ooh, you know? okay, say that again. <laughs> the reps need to be vigilant All right. um, because... You know, it's people come to us all the time when we're trying to, to sell terminus to them and, and want to do a quarter, a three month agreement or six yeah. month agreement. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's just not a process that's going to happen that fast. Yes, yeah. there's going to be leading indicators. Yes, there's going to be quick wins. But I mean, I'm talking about an 18 month process here, yeah. and it's still very much a work in progress today. Yeah. You know, so switching to ABM is is not something that that you're just going to flip the switch and overnight. It's it's going to be something that you're going to be working on probably in perpetuity. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it ever ends really. When yeah. You think about it. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a process. I mean, just speaking from my own experiences, like 
was a year ago I was having trouble was, you know had, having a low quarter Q1 yeah you know, Q1 slow this that and the third and I'm talking with Alex and he's like <laughs> I think he pulled out like a Tony Robbins quote where it's like burn the boat you know and yeah. it's like if you're but if you want to take the island like yeah. there's only one way so yeah commit see the process through and like if you put in enough effort like it's just mathematics like it's gonna work out um, I think this somebody, podcast is going to go crazy because I think every salesperson to hear what you guys are saying because I, I don't think it people understand what it takes to be a really good sales rep. Yeah. So, all right. So to to sum it up, like what, what would be the final words that you would say, you know, as a sales manager coming into it and having gone through the transformation and an account executive who is living it every single day, you know, what is the one thing that you would say to every salesperson, every marketer who's going through this incredible transformation from being a lead-based kind of really a data crunching more at bats person to like being very strategic around it. I mean, I think it's, it's believe in the outcome and, and invest in the team, invest in helping the others, invest in learning from the others and not just the people on your team, the boots in the ground that are making the calls, the, the marketers that are choosing the accounts, Yeah, you know, invest in that culture of coaching and community. Yeah. And I was just pulling out <laughs> your um, notes. Or I thought you were well, closing no, a deal so right now. I think what it, what's interesting about this, um, I just started reading a book, The Obstacle is the Way. Yeah. And I think that is kind of a central theme to Obstacle um, is the way. just in account-based marketing. I mean, you're always going to be thrown, con- you know, constant obstacles. But if you try to avoid them, yeah. like you're never going to continue to thrive in the market. I mean, we're all in an ultra competitive market, yeah. you know, in, in SaaS in particular, you know, MarTech. Mm-hmm. Um so as long as you kind of face it head on and like, you know, just gather perspective, take action and have vigilance in, in your approach, like yeah, you will be good. see success. All right. So uh, I took a few notes. So I'll just run through it and you guys tell me if I missed something. Yeah, I'm sure I missed something. But if these were the, the, the key points. One, you also mentioned, and this was also before we kind of hit record, um, and, and it was very clear that there will be more time in the process as you go through, right? Because you're going to have less number of accounts. So what do you what do you do with that account? And you talk about preparation. You talk about the process is going to be fluid and, and the deal sizes are going to get bigger. But you also, we didn't touch on this, so maybe you just touch on it real quickly, is what does it change for your customer success team? Because I think that was one of the biggest changes I as a co-founder saw in the whole process was like, man, our customers are actually more happier mm-hmm. uh, and, and because of this process. And that's not the most likely outcome anybody's expecting or thinking about, but that's what we started to feel from a company perspective. What were your thoughts and your feedback that you guys were getting from a customer success team? Well, I mean, just keeping that line of communication open a lot more with them and trying to deliver them just kind of that process I was talking about before yeah. building that living document of their objectives, their challenges, and, and having them work on that with you and being able to hand that straight to their CSM and we hand yeah. them over and, and have a really robust amount of information about what they're trying to accomplish there. I mean, it, you know, lower churn rate, especially if you've got any yeah. equity in the company, should be <laughs> concerned as much as it is theirs. So, yeah. You know, that's uh, that's always better to keep yeah. our customers and, and for our company, it's true for everybody. That's everybody right. has, Everybody's an owner. Everybody has equity in the company. That is something right. that we're very, very proud of. All right. The other thing, uh, and I think, Robert, you were jumping on this one, which was the safety numbers. Mm-hmm. And so people think that, look, you know, the more I have at bats, the better the better job the marketing is doing if they give me more leads. Mm-hmm. And you guys are like, no, that's not. You might be wasting your time if it's just more. You want to do more with less because yeah. that's going to drive value for you. 
Yeah, there's been countless times in, over the course of any salesperson's career where they, you know, they're going through leads, uh, like a lead-based approach. They get the at-bats, they run a cycle. There's some good, there's some bad in that. Um, you know, I, I think when you're when you're switching out and then they go back. When we, yeah. When we back, <laughs> and they go back through their pipeline. They're like, oh, man, this was a good op. I yeah. didn't follow up on it or this slipped through the crack or, you know, I really I know I could have won this if I had a little bit more time to right. invest in that. Um, so absolutely when you, I mean, naturally when you reduce the amount of accounts that you're working, you're going to have more line of sight into those accounts. Right. But what it does is it really allows you to dig in to see what are you really wanting to accomplish? Yeah. Um, you know, can we service you? Can we not service you and put something meaningful together? Um, so it starts at the very beginning, um, of the process to really identify those accounts, really identify a true need for your services and be able to put together a go-to-market strategy to Mike's point that you can then deliver over to CS. And yep. it's very seamless um, yeah. and the customer experience is, is through the roof. That's awesome, guys. I mean, I don't know if you guys realize this, but you guys are at the leading edge of any organization from a sales process perspective because I don't think anybody could say today that, well, I understand how to do ABM. From a sales like there's just not that many people like how many people do you know in you know in you like you could say yeah i know other salespeople. you could say i know other people in the same industry but how many people can say i know another person who has actually transformed their organization and been an abm and, and have been successful and increasing their deal size so you guys are doing something really special and it's freaking awesome to see what you guys grow and do amazing stuff all right man thank you so much super appreciate it love it Flip My Funnel is on a mission to build the largest and most engaged community of B2B professionals in the world. Join the movement at flipmyfunnel.com. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.